Welcome to Midweek Mania, a podcast about music, media, and everything in between to get you through your week. I'm Emily Brown. And I'm Allison Biss. In today's episode, we'll be talking about Kanye West's recent trip off the rails, a new Netflix show called Julie and the Phantoms, and a top 10 list of hot hits. Let's jump right into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is this new show on Netflix called Julie and the Phantoms. It's listed on Netflix as a musical, which it has musical aspects, but it still has like acting and like season stuff. Um, But it was really interesting to me because it's the newest work from the director and executive producer, Kenny Ortega, which if that sounds familiar, it's because he's known for the High School Musical series and Descendants. He's also worked on Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Dirty Dancing. So he's got a lot of experience in the industry and it's um, really interesting to see a new show out from him. The main premise of this show is there's, there's a girl named Julie who has bonded with her mother over music, but has stayed away from music since last year when her mom passed away. So she ends up finding a CD in her mom's music studio from a band called Sunset Curve. And she decides to play it. And as it plays, three ghosts appear who are members of the band Sunset Curve Mm. who passed away in 1995 after eating some bad hot dogs, which sounds like a really silly way to die, I know. Uh, But it's kind of funny. So there's Reggie who plays the bass, Alex who plays the drums, and Luke who plays the guitar and sings for the band. And then Julie um, is the only person who can see the ghosts, but she discovers that when they play music together as a group, everyone can see the guys. So the show is just about their adventures together as a band and, you know, finding their way through music. Um, Emily, I know you watched the first episode and I want to know what you think. So, yeah, I watched the first episode and I also watched the trailer because I wanted to see, like, how they did it performing together. Um, it definitely gives you high school musical vibes, like Disney vibes. Like this definitely things like makes you think like you're watching something on Disney channel when you're 13 years old. I know for sure. Like when I was younger, I would have loved this show just cause it's all about music, um, representing music. Um, and yeah, I thought it was very weird that they died from eating hot dogs. I literally <laughs> was thinking, I was like, how did they die? Like <laughs> food poisoning. Yeah, but um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting show. It was really cute. I liked it a lot. I think the show is really funny. I watched the whole first season, so you haven't gotten as many opportunities, but Reggie Reggie has some really great (laughs) one-liners. I saw a meme on Instagram today comparing him to like a golden retriever, which is actually (laughs) really true. Um, But I'm not really entirely sure the target demographic, like it's rated G. And as you were saying, it's kind of like a show that you would love as, you know, a younger teen girl. Yeah. But honestly, I enjoyed it. I finished the first season within like the first two days it was out. Um, And it had some really great music. So I want to talk about the music. So I believe the only song that was in the first episode that you watched is their song called Now or Never. It establishes kind of the 90s punk rock vibe of Sunset Curve. What are your thoughts on that song? Is that the song that they sang in the beginning before they died? Yeah, before they had the hot dogs. Okay, that was really cool to me. It definitely had that punk rock. It was like, I don't know how to explain it, but like it it was really cool. It was different for a kid's show to, to see like, well, not a, it's not a kid's show, but you know what I mean? To see like rock included and it's not like, um, you know, something you see in different or in other shows, if it's about music, it's definitely different. 
Yeah, typically in shows you see like the pop music. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, there's another song in the second episode, which is called Bright. It's the first song you hear Julie sing. It's very powerful and moving. Um, gave me the chills. So I really enjoyed that song. <laughs> And it's, you know, the first song that Julie sings since her mom passed away. So there's a lot of emotions that are um, built up and you can just tear, hear it tear through the song and it kind of makes your heart surge. And then there's another song and I'm bringing this up because it's called Unsaid Emily and your name is Emily. Um, It's a tearjerker. It's beautiful and emotional. And you haven't heard the song fully yet, Emily, but you did see a clip of me singing it on tiktok so i want to know <laughs> oh, that's right the that's song right. did you yeah. did you like it what did you yeah think? it was awesome like it was so cool especially to see you with those other girls as well i'm not sure like who they quite were but um that was really cool i liked that a lot yeah so for context um there was like a TikTok chain of duets, um, people singing like slower songs. And then I duetted a chain of two people with the song Unsaid Emily. And I thought it was really cool because it's not normally, I haven't really heard the song being performed on social media yet because the show is so new. Um, but so it's like, doesn't, I mean, people are obviously watching the show and it's gaining a lot of traction, but I thought I'd give it a shot and play it with a new song. And it's different, obviously, me performing it. But I know the first time I listened to the song, I straight up cried. <laughs> so right. it's definitely a good song. So Emily, you know, I think maybe this is our calling. We just got to keep finding songs that are named after you. There's quite a few of them. I know that for sure. Um, I remember in my last radio show in high school, there was tons of them. And my friend would like play them all the time this is for you emily (laughs) the song goes out to you my heart will go on i know (laughs) (laughs) well i guess that's all i have to say about julian phantoms but you know for the first new show on netflix i've seen in a while i think i think it's a good one i think that was a great one that netflix put out um i definitely think anybody could watch it it's not really targeted towards like one specific audience but it's like kids welcome like it's kid friendly too and it's a good show cool well that's all i have for julian the phantoms what's up next all right so i made a top 10 list for you guys this week um my taste of music is very all over the place i like rock i like country i like rap and r&b and just everything under the moon um So I compiled a top 10 list of the last, like, the songs I've been listening to for the last few weeks. I think I'm going to start with 10 and go down. So number 10 for me is Take Me to the Top by Motley Crue because I just watched the TV show or the, the movie for Motley Crue Dirt on Netflix just a couple weeks ago again and it's been stuck in my head over and over and over again because it's such like a I don't know it gets you in the mood to like be powerful I don't know how to explain (laughs) and then number nine I have Daisy by Ishniko I'm pretty sure that's how you say her name I'm not entirely sure but her song is played on TikTok a lot I'm not sure if you know what it is Allison but, I've never heard it, but it probably, uh, I don't know. I don't but know. it's it's really good. It's 
very powerful, I think, for women because it just makes you feel kind of like bad and it gives you the confidence, you know, that you're yeah, yeah, for. that's what I mean. Okay. That's that's the words I needed. <laughs> and then number eight is Hurt So Good by Astrid S. That one's a really good one. Um, it's a very pop like song, very like emotional a little bit. Um number seven is Budapest by George Ezra. Do you know this one, Allison? Great song. This is a great one. This one has been playing at my job over and over and over again in the mornings, and I cannot get sick of it. Like, I have been listening it for months now, really, and I can't get sick of it. It is so good. I think it just has to do, like, his voice is so warm and inviting and soothing. I know. And like I feel like any you could listen to any of his songs and right. just feel, feel I think right at home. Shotgun by him is one of my favorites, but lately it's been Budapest. I agree. So and then my number six is Mood by 24K Golden and Ian Dior. This one is also a TikTok song. Um this one is definitely like a feel good. I like driving my car with this song. It's just like a good car song. This is also like a, I wouldn't say it's completely rap, but definitely has like the rap, R&B, hip hop, hip hop. That's what I'm looking for. It's like a hip hop vibe. Number five is Put Your Records On by Rit Mommy. And this one by far, like I love this version is like the super popular on TikTok, which I like even more than the original. The original was done by Kareen Bailey Ray, and I've been hearing that one a lot, but I really like the the new one by Rit Momney. Number four is Hands in the Sky by Big or Hands in the Sky Big Shot by Straylight Run. This one is actually on a TV show that I am watching right now, Sons of Anarchy. This one's definitely a car listen to, you know, it's got like boot stomping is what I would call it, where it just like has that heavy beat. It's really good. Number three is Leave a Light On by Tom Walker. This one is also very like upbeat or like just gets you going, like riled up. I like this one a lot. I'm assuming, Allison, you know what this one is. Oh, yeah. It's really powerful. I like this song a lot. It's really good. Number two is One Too Many by Luke Combs and Brooks and Dunn. I am obsessed with Luke Combs. And this one, again, is very upbeat, very just fun and loose. Um, And then number one is F-150 by Robin Ottolini. I absolutely love this artist. She has not very many followers, but she is super good this is a country song by the way um she just seemed like it just sounds like something you would hear on mainstream country radio but isn't quite there yet Ooh, so an artist in the making i see uh-huh is that a prediction so, yeah <laughs> yes it is so yeah that's my top 10 list um yeah so next we have a pop culture roundup and get ready listeners because we're going to unpack a lot. Kanye West is currently in the news for exposing his record contracts and exposing the music industry. Emily, did you hear anything about this or is this the first time you're hearing about this? 
Um, I've heard a little bit from what you told me, told me uh, last time we talked, but not a whole lot. Okay, cool. So this will <laughs> this will be a treat for you. So Kanye West is currently fighting for the ownerships of his masters, and masters are the rights to a song. So if you have the rights, you get to decide how the song is distributed, what's done with it, where it goes, and obviously like the money you can make off of it. Now in the music industry the labels own the masters, not the artists. What happens is the artists um, get royalty payments and they also sign away the rights to their master in exchange for advance payments. So like I would sign away my rights for $3 million and I'd make $3 million in advance and then any royalties on the songs I'd make after, after I make $3 million. Right. So Kanye describes this in one of his tweets and he says... When you sign a music deal, you sign away your rights. Without masters, you can't do anything with your own music. Someone else controls where it's played, and when it's played, artists have nothing except the fame, touring, and merch, which I think is interesting because, you know, typically you think, like, artists have it all. They have lots of money, lots of fame, but it's interesting to see, you know, they don't really control a lot. Right. So this whole topic came to my attention when I saw a tweet last week of Kanye peeing on his Grammy. Grammy Award. <laughs> um, he posted that on September 16th, and it really drew me in, so I decided I'd take a look. And there's a lot here, folks. On the 14th of September, he tweeted saying he needs everybody's contracts at Universal and Sony, so every artist he wants to see their contracts from. And I'm like, okay, this is a little, this is a little interesting. The next day, he tweeted that contracts in all industries need to be simplified and transparent. So you can see there's something going on here that he's kind of getting at right he later tweeted quote in the streaming world master ownership is everything that is the bulk of the income in covid artists need our masters it's more important than ever before that obviously makes sense because when they can't tour they can't make any money to you know help themselves survive right he goes on by saying also quote the artists deserve to own our masters, artists are starving without tours. I'm going to get our masters for all artists. Pray for me. So it seems like he's laying it all out so followers can understand what's coming, which obviously leaves some suspense building because, you know, it's Kanye West. There's got to be a reason right. for why he's going on and on about his masters. So the next day he tweets, here are my 10 universal contracts. I need every lawyer in the world to look at these. And then he posts screenshots of his contract page by page. Over a hundred pages total. Wow. There was no redacted information. It was all visible in public. And that's shocking because that's a bold move for any person to make. And it right. definitely has the potential to land him in hot water. Oof. So that's happening. But it kind of reminded me. So Kanye is obviously <clears throat> currently making the news for this, but it's not the first time we're hearing about this issue in the music industry. It reminds me of uh, last year when Taylor Swift made news for the same issue. She was trying to get her master's back after Scooter Braun, who people know as Justin Bieber's manager, bought out Taylor Swift's old label and then received ownership of all of her masters. So she was trying to um, perform at one of the award shows. I can't remember which, but she couldn't record or she couldn't perform any of her songs because she didn't own the masters. And you know, Scooter Braun said no. Since then, she signed a contract stating that she has ownership of her masters for the new albums she made from that point on, which to date is currently only her last two albums, Lover and Folklore. But 
right now she's kind of the only artist in the industry who has ownership of some of her masters. So I'm interested to see where Kanye kind of takes this. Um, but kind of moving away from that, it's just, it's crazy when you think about the contracts and the rights to music and what's considered copyright. I don't think people usually think about it. Like, obviously, if you're going to go steal Taylor Swift's new song and, you know, play it on your social media and claim it as your own, you're going to get copyrighted. Right. But it's weird to think, like, of all the songs that are considered copyright. Like the happy birthday song was only released to the public domain on June 28th, 2016, even though the tune was created in the 19th century. That's crazy. That's absurd. Like really, I mean, you have to be careful with music because most, if not all music is copyrighted somehow, unless it's, you know, right. Uh, with like an artist you have some sort of agreement but I mean obviously like the happy birthday song was copyrighted for so long like that was such a simple song you know everybody sang it and technically like you couldn't do anything with it and if that was just that simple song was just copyrighted like you never know what else is and to put it into perspective I know people might not have known the happy birthday song was copyrighted but think about it have you ever been to a restaurant and they sang you happy birthday? I cannot recall. Every restaurant no. has their own birthday song that they sing. Oh, and that's, that's very true. That's the reasoning behind it. Yeah, um, they come out clapping or like say yeehaw or something <laughs> like that. I mean, obviously they, they made it to fit their brand, but ultimately yeah. like they couldn't sing the song. Right. Um, yeah. So any any thoughts on this issue? You know, it's just crazy to me that um, artists have such a hard time getting out there. Like, like they just, well, they don't have a hard time. These popular artists are having a hard time with their rights on their music. This is something that they should be creating. This is something that this is their music and they don't even own the rights to it. And especially now with COVID, that's very interesting that you brought that up that, you know, most artists make their money off of merch and touring and they can't even do that anymore and it's hard to because not only that but like a lot of a lot of artists had to you know refund ticket sales for concerts that have been rescheduled like there are two concerts that I was supposed to attend this year that have been rescheduled twice and then canceled because COVID so it's yeah to think about um but I did read an article from the Rolling Stone the other day and it said if anybody could do this, it could be Kanye. You know, he has the ability. He had tweeted that, you know, he's the only artist who can do it because he has income outside of right music because, you know, of his brand Yeezy and things like that. So I'm interested to see. I think we'll keep following the story. And if there's more more news, I think we'll definitely bring it back and report about it because I just, this is, you know, making waves in the music industry and it could be something big definitely could be a big deal for all these artists Alrighty, so let's i have a fun little topic that i would like to talk about um i was very like i really wanted to do this when we were talking about um our podcast and like what to talk about so i love talking about like child nostalgia like things we used to do when we were younger things we used to play with um things we use you know just just to bring us back in time a little bit 
So I have four uh, pretty fun toys that you, we used to have when we were younger, like depending on like, you know, how old you are and what, you know, generation you're from. But at least for Allison and I, we kind of remember these things. So first I want to talk about is Webkins. Did you have Webkins, Allison? I unfortunately did not. That was all you the did rage, not. but I did, uh, I did not. Well, I had probably 30 to 35 Webkins. Not including my brother's like 15. So I also had all of his on my account. And if you don't know how they work, they are these cute little stuffed animals that you go get. They were 30 bucks a piece and they came with a little code and you would go online to Webkins and type in your code and your animal would pop up and you would get to name him, him or her and make them a room in your little mansion that you have for your webkins and then just complete like different things like i remember we there was the uh mine that you can mine for gems and then if you got all the gems you got a webkins crown and then um fun little games you could play uh feeding your animal taking care of it taking it to the doctor when it was sick um I don't know. It was really popular in my family. So I have to know, did you ever have any like weird Webkins names? Because this has been resurging on TikTok recently. And even like my junior year of high school, someone was playing Webkins in my class. So I have to know what are, what are the weird names? I should have logged in before the episode and like really looked at them. But I remember I had um, Chicken Little. He was like the little version of the chicken and Um, because they had the big version and then the mini version and I thought he was really cute that was I think that was the most creative name that I probably came up with when I was younger everything else was like the skunk was skunky or (laughs) (laughs) um oh I had a horse named Flicka because I was so obsessed with the the or the movie called Flicka when I was younger it was all about a horse um, but yeah, I remember my first Webkins was a pink sparkly horse, but I cannot remember her name. I should have, I should have logged on and seen what all my names were, but. So when's the last time you logged on? Cause I, I just have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I probably logged on about a year ago. I was very curious, you know, I saw that they were, um, they were actually talking about closing the website down. So I wanted to go on to see like what it was about before they closed it down. And they're actually going to try to keep it open now. But yeah, I logged in probably a year ago, which I don't understand because I remember getting my webkins and they used to say like, if you don't take care of them, like you won't be able to get them back unless you buy another animal with another code. And all of mine are still there and I probably got my first one when I was like <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't fed them in like 13 years and they're still alive they're so Webkins <laughs> but they're still there well you know what that's good I'm glad you got to relive that because I've never had a Webkins so I'm glad that you oh I was obsessed we had a lot and I always remember taking them to my grandparents I would have a tote full of them and I I would take them to my grandma's when we would go there for the summer and all of us would like play with them and pick out our favorite ones for the day. It was great. 
Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about, these are all toys, by the way, too, like toys that we remember. The next thing I want to talk about are silly vans. Now, Allison, did you have silly vans? You bet I had silly vans. Funny story, real quick. Silly bands were actually banned at my elementary school. I think mine too. <laughs> people were playing with them all the time during, you know, instruction time. So nobody was paying attention to class and people were trading and stuff. So they, they just said, nope, no more silly bands. So that was very short-lived. The obsession kind of went away for me after that. But I yeah. vividly remember the SpongeBob silly bands those ones were my favorite, but I oh, definitely yeah. had a lot of them. So if you don't know what silly bands are, these are these like, they're basically rubber bands that you can wear around your wrist. They're bracelets. But when you take them off your wrist and like lay them flat on the table, they like have a shape to them. So you can collect like animals, objects, you know, SpongeBob. <laughs> um, I remember when they came out with rings, rings were super popular too. I never had a silly band ring. No, I had no uh, idea silly bands made rings. That's. Uh, I think total in my collection, I had one armful, like from my elbow to my wrist, and then like maybe two fingers full of rings. But I remember my grandma was so obsessed with buying them. She bought them for my younger cousin. She had two armfuls and all of her fingers full and more. Like she had so many. And it's funny to me to like to think back on having those because now I don't really see the point in having them. You know, they're it's cool. Not, it's not trendy jewelry by any means. They're cool, but they look really ugly on because like, they're just like wavy rubber bands. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I guess to look through them is pretty cool. But even then, like, it's hard to look through them unless you have a flat surface to put them on. I don't know. I want to see like who has, who still has them because there's no trace for me. Like I, there's no trace of my Sluvians. I don't even know where you'd begin to find them. Like I'm sure they're out there somewhere. Right. You know, I wonder if you can go on Amazon and buy some. I wish I still had mine too. Cause I'd like to look through and see which ones I had. I remember my horse one was my favorite. And of course I was a horse girl. So I had to have the horse and it was purple. And I remember it was purple. Was it glittery or no? Cause I had some glittery oh. ones that were awesome. I think the only glittery ones I had were the ring ones. Okay. But yeah, I remember when they came out with those. And glow in the dark. I had glow in the dark too. Yes. Yes. Those were cool. Yes. Those were so much cooler. All right. And then the next toy that I want to talk about are sea monkeys. Did you have sea monkeys growing up? No. No. Well, sea monkeys are these little, they're actually brine shrimp. They're not really monkeys like I thought they were when we were younger, <laughs> but they're little brine shrimp that you put the eggs in the kit that it comes with in some water and you watch them grow. And like the only how you feed them is like putting air into the container, like you don't really give them food. So you just push like they give you like a little pipette and push some air into it to create some oxygen and bubbles. And that's how you fed them. And they only lasted probably like three months if that they didn't last very long that's better than I was <laughs> expecting so but they were pretty cool to watch grow because they were so tiny you couldn't see them at first and then they would probably get to like two centimeters long a centimeter two centimeters so they're just like itsy bitsy I don't know 
they were really cool to watch like swim around because they're kind of wild and then I remember on the containers they had a uh, little magnifying glass like built in so that you can see them better but that was our first pet was sea monkeys. <laughs> could you buy these in the store or were they kind of like the infomercial thing where you yeah, had to call? Yeah, so you could just go to Meyer and go through the toy section and they had the sea monkeys. That's crazy. They, so like the sea monkeys are like dried in a little packet. So when you go home, you fill up your container with water and you put the dried packet, like dump it in there, give it a few days, and then you start seeing them swim around. Like it's kind of crazy. Like That's the next level technology. Yeah. Especially for the early 2000s. That's impressive. It was pretty cool. And then the last thing I want to talk about are Benderoos. Benderoos were one of my favorite toys growing up. They were these little or like these long wax like substance like color strips and you could like twirl them into shapes and like make different animals out of them which I never really figured out how to do that I just I don't know just made random creations with it (laughs) and they didn't stand up very well either but did you have these growing up yeah to me they were just kind of like a fancier form of play-doh um, they yeah, that's true. weren't very long lived because, you know, sticky wax on, you know, tables and like floors and stuff just, that, that wasn't a, wasn't a thing for my house, you know? So yeah, we had a designated area for Play-Doh. So Benderoos were one of those things that, you know, you had to use on the kitchen island with the Play-Doh stuff. Um, the only thing that sucked about them is that they were really hard to keep because if you left them out for too long, they like kind of didn't dry out but they lost a lot of that like stick to itself kind of thing so but they were really cool like if I was older when I had them I probably would have used them a lot more but I was pretty young so you know spelling my name was all I could really do (laughs) they're really cool to like look online to see um the creations that they had in the infomercials that were super cool that made you buy it. You know, the right. infomercials always make you want to buy things. But yeah, so that was a trip down memory lane that I had for you guys. I, you know, decided to stick with some toys, but I also want to like talk about maybe, you know, what we used to do in gym class or like what we used to do in school or, you know, out of school with friends. So I, I do want to include that too, but I thought toys would be a good start. So stay tuned for next week's episode and future episodes to come because childhood nostalgia is not over. We're just getting started. Exactly. So now that we've kind of talked about all these fun things, we're going to simmer back and talk about an artist of the week. Emily and I both have a couple recommendations, so we just want to share some new music with you if you want to expand your music taste here's your chance. So my artist of the week is Juke Ross. Juke, like a jukebox. Um, He hails from Guyana. Now he lives in New York, but that's where he's originally from. He's got this very warm, inviting, soothing voice, and his songs are kind of mostly like slower songs that you can vibe with. I have two recommendations. My first one is Fresh Roses. The beginning has this sort of like Ed Sheeran style that I love. Love it. It's so catchy, and it's been on repeat. And then um, my other notable songs are Color Me and Atlanta. All of these songs kind of have a different vibe. They're all kind of slow and chill. Um, 
but they're all very unique and just nice songs to listen to if you want to study or have some background music, but he's got a really nice voice. He's a very talented artist, and I'm excited to see what comes from him in the future. Awesome. Sounds like he's really good. I got to take a listen to that one. So my new artist of this week is Robin Adelini. I mentioned her in my top 10. She was actually my number one spot. I I don't know what it is. Like just the last few weeks, I actually found her on TikTok. She had posted her song and it went viral in a trend. And um, it was the song F-150 that I had in my top 10 list. Um, it was talking about like, you know, seeing an F-150, it makes her think of her ex and, you know, she was super strong, but then seeing that, that truck, like, you know, kind of brings back the memories and it hits her. So that was the trend on TikTok that made her a little bit famous, but not too much. She only has over just about over a million streams in 2020 in general, about 500,000 YouTube views. Um, she did make the CMA Ontario 2019 Rising Star nominee. She wasn't the winning one, but she was the nominee for it. She is 22 years old from Canada and is an independent artist. She doesn't have a label or anything. Um, her popular songs that I like the most are F-150, Him Problem. That was a really good one, too, and Trust Issues. And, like... I don't know if I mentioned it, but she is like, she definitely sounds like something you would hear on today's country radio. She's mellow, has a very strong, powerful voice. And I think like her inspiration, she said, came from Diamond Rio and Faith Hill. And she's definitely very similar to Faith Hill and Marin Morris and Maddie and Tay. That's interesting. I I guess I don't really think of country artists coming from Canada Um, right but it seems to be working for her I mean if she's got this following that she's building on TikTok she's obviously doing something right so that's really interesting yeah I definitely think after releasing F-150 and trust issues she really has that big following on TikTok and I think she's gonna make it pretty here quitties well she made it but like she's gonna she's gonna get farther Alrighty, so I think that is a close. You should keep staying updated with our podcast. You know, you can follow us on Midweek Mania on our Instagram and Twitter. That is on The Midweek Mania. And I guess that's all we have for this week. Make sure to tune in to next week's episode. Again, like Emily said, to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Midweek Media. Thank you for listening and remember to keep rocking. We'll see you next time. Bye.